one of the things that's happening right now, and I was just at a conference that did this, where all the assumptions about how the world began um, are being undone. They, they used to say that the world was one giant fireball. Mm. And it cooled off in the whole process. Now they're actually saying, actually, the world at the very beginning was all covered with water. <laughs> I'm like, oh, isn't that interesting? They are discovering, and here's my point, what the Bible has said already. Mm-hmm. And if you just go to the Bible and look what it says, you will have from the authoritative source of the one who is there a firsthand eyewitness testimony of things the way that they really are. Go and look and see if that doesn't explain everything. And then tell me if you find a single contradiction. And let's come back to it there. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the It Stands Written podcast. My name is Braden, and I'm joined again here with Justin and Ernest, continuing in our series of tough questions, clear answers. So we're going to tackle the first main question that we have, and the f- one big ob- objection that atheists have towards Christianity is a lack of empirical evidence. Hmm. So they say, if something cannot be de- demonstrated empirically, i.e. through observable, measurable evidence, then it's irrational to believe in it. Since God's existence cannot be empirically proven, belief in God is rational. So what's the Christian response to that? Well, that's a good, uh, that's a good question to put on the table. This is probably the most common objection raised um, next to the question about the existence of evil, which I know we'll do on the next episode. But this is probably the biggest question. Where's the proof? So show me the proof. Now, what we said last time from Romans 1 is what? Showing the proof won't actually help. Well, there's proof everywhere. There's mm. proof, in, proof in creation. Yeah, there's proof in creation, yeah. but but the proof itself is explained away because of a dark heart. Mm-hmm. So that that's that's the problem. So confronted with the evidence, but let's let's do this. Let's throttle off for a minute Romans one and the heaviness of that intensity, and let's let's start giving some assumptions. Okay, let's just take a moment and and take the question apart and ask: Is the question itself the right question? Mm-hmm. There's something in the question that makes an assumption that I don't necessarily think is true. So the question is, if something cannot be demonstrated empirically, then it's irrational to believe in it. Okay, so is everything, here's my question, is everything knowable able to be observed scientifically? Mm-hmm. So I'm, uh, I've am i appointed myself the very difficult task for this episode of trying to play the atheist, Okay, which is very hard because I don't, just don't respect atheists very much, right? Okay. Like, I, I respect the intellectual tradition behind like, Islamic Catholicism or whatever, because like it, it makes sense. Whereas like atheist seems almost ridiculous to me, but I'm going to try and play it out anyway. Sure. Um, for the sake of this. So to, to, to make it, to make it stronger, it's not so much that because it's, it depends what exactly you mean when you say everything has to be demonstrated empirically. People like to point at mathematics and say, ah, mathematics isn't done empirically. Mm -hmm. You don't figure out the you don't figure out the formula for the hypotenuse of a triangle by going out and measuring a thousand triangles in the wild and doing a statistical analysis. Fair you, enough. You measure it from from first principles. You uh, you take Euclid's five postulates and you run it out from there. And so it's like, sure, in, in that sense, it's true that it's not quote unquote empirical, okay. but it would be the case if, for example, so, you know, mathematically two plus two equals four. But if I you know, took two apples and I took two apples and that made three apples. And if I took three coins and three coins and that made not six coins, but five coins, then I would figure out something was wrong with my mathematical premises that like the observation would still change 
the it would still change my my approach to sort of the axioms of mathematics even though mathematics is axiomatic and it's not based on observation and so yes there are some things we take based on axioms or based on other things besides a sort of statistical analysis and physical observation but that doesn't mean that you can just make any sort of claim and say well it's a metaphysical claim therefore i don't have to provide any proofs for it so do any examples come to mind for people who are simpler <laughs> like me I, I i think in if you're if you're talking about things that like we don't demonstrate empirically, but we would believe in a sort of atheist framework. Something like mathematics would be true because yes, uh, mathematics comes through axiomatic principles, but the thing about it is it's still testable in the real world, right? right? Like, um, yeah, this is, this is talking about things that aren't quantifiable that way. I don't know that there is that something an atheist would accept. So sure, so, there, is. sure there is. I got one right now. Okay. Love. So here's the atheist response to that. Love is the emotion you feel because it was evolutionarily advantageous for your forefathers to feel this emotion. And so like it feels real, but it's just a bunch of neurons firing in your brain because that was an evolutionarily advantageous pathway of emotions to feel. It's not an actual universe affecting thing, shall we say? Well, uh, yet, uh, while while let me concede that point for a second, okay. though I don't believe in it. How do you quantify it, though? How do you measure it? There's there's nothing that you can do sure. to empirically demonstrate the reality or the lack of reality of what is clearly felt and seen and visible and the reason why generations continued. You can't quantify it in a test tube. You can't measure it. Just like you can't mm -hmm. measure guilt in the same way. Sure. You can't measure morals in the same way. Oh, and I would push on that even further. Go, well, how is it that, that civilizations, as disconnected as they are, universally have those qualities, no matter sophisticated or primitive, ancient or modern, there is an enduring quality of something intangible that we all understand does exist, even if it's in the emotion. Are emotions tangible? You can't put an emotion on a screen. Now, you could try to light up somebody's brain with a scan mm -hmm. when they experience certain emotions to see those things are happening, mm -hmm. but those things don't go, oh, really? There is such a thing as emotion? We know that they exist, but you can't see it. Well, so so yes, they, they feel real and like they, they're, they're, they're certainly, there are the tangible effects of it. Yes. And, and, and that's, that's certainly the case, but that doesn't... Uh, the, Arguing for atheists is very hard. <laughs> well, because I think it breaks uh -huh. down the argument. It let doesn't me, make sense. Let me throw another one at you. Okay. Cell phone signals. Mm -hmm. Can you see cell phone signals? But you can measure them. Well, how? Uh, you measure them with a bunch of fancy science tools. Well, you, you, you but you, you measure the impact that they make. You can't see them right now. If I were to put on a pair of glasses, like, mm -hmm. oh, like right now, we are currently where we sit, as are our listeners, right. bombarded with millions and billions of spraying cell phone signals that are coming from a tower to mm -hmm. a satellite to us. It's not like when I get a phone call, there's one shot that goes from that person's phone to that satellite straight to me. There is a spray. Sure in every cell tower that's trying to find me where I am. I can't right. see those. But it's empirically measurable. It, well, it's measurable in the effect. Mm -hmm. So the effect itself is clearly seen, but the actual reality of it is not. Well, it's not seen to our physical eyes. But ah, that's well. That's what I'm. That's what's empirical. What's empirical is measurable. Yeah, I think that's the atheist point of view. Is saying if I can't see it, then it doesn't exist. It's not just. It's not just see. It. It's like is it measurable? Is it testable? Can you use it to make accurate predictions about the future? Wind. Can you see wind? 
No, but you can feel it. Yeah, you can measure exactly. it and quantify it. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, and I think that fits really well with the arguments mm-hmm. for the existence of God. You don't see God, right? Because He's invisible, but you see all the effects that tell you that that invisible reality does in fact exist. We don't say, since I can't see the wind, I don't believe in hurricanes. I, I, I don't believe in cell phone signals because I don't see them. Right? There's, there's an oversimplification in my example, mm-hmm. obviously. But the point being is there's certain things that my five senses don't have the ability to quantify. But let me push this one step further. Mm-hmm. What is the ultimate source of objective reality? Is it what my five senses can apprehend? Or, or stated differently, do my five senses have the ability to fully wrap around the scope of everything that exists or are there things that exist outside of my five senses ability to understand? There are, but the five senses are the only thing we have to interact with reality. Ah, so, so you can see the point. So my five sense, my five senses potentially are limited. Yes. Now here's another problem. My five senses are also fallen. Have you ever, um, oh, let's not just even talking about they're the being touched by sin. That's a whole mm-hmm. other conversation. I'm looking at you with my eyes. That's one of my senses, but I cannot see behind me. Mm-hmm. Contrary to what I make my kids think, I have eyes in the back <laughs> of my head. Yeah, I can't see behind. I, I have a limited scope. If I want to see over to my left, I have to turn. If I want to mm-hmm. look up, I can get what's up. But what about people that are colorblind? Mm-hmm. Color is there, but they can't see it because their faculties are somehow hindered or damaged or otherwise constrained. Mm-hmm. Uh, hearing, like there's a frequency right now that my dog can hear that I can't. So how do I know that that exists? It's not in my senses, but it's in his. Mm-hmm. So there's certain things that are outside of my faculties. Let me go further. Everything that's knowable, like we know that our universe is big. Sure. So um, Ernest, uh, have you been out of the state before? Yes. Have you been out of the country before? Yes. Have you been out of the world before? No. Have you been out of the solar system before? No. Hmm, very disappointing. Have you <laughs> been out of our galaxy before? Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you felt out of this world and that girl that, you know, you saw. Um, so, so what happens is I'm making decisions about the full extent of what exists in the universe, and I've never even scratched the surface beyond my present physical limitation. I haven't even been out of the world. So, mm-hmm. all that to say, an atheist lives by faith too. An atheist hasn't been out of the world, or out of the galaxy, or out of the solar system, or out of, uh, explored the universe. So, so the conclusions we're making about things that we haven't seen are are, are barely exhausted. We're, we're not even we're not even touching the fringes of what's knowable. Mm-hmm. And we've concluded the atheist has that I know that there's no God. So at the very best, they have to go, well, I just don't know. I have to shift down one level sure. to the agnostic. So, so let, let's take the, the, slightly, the slightly stronger um, atheist position sure. of I don't see sufficient proof, proof that there is a God. I won't, say, I won't necessarily say I can prove that nowhere in the universe does a God exist, but I don't see sufficient proof for me to believe in one. So you're an agnostic. Mm-hmm. So, so take the atheist label off. God doesn't okay. believe in atheists and neither <laughs> do you. But let me push that further. You're still a man of faith. Mm-hmm. So you believe in what you don't see by your own admission, mm-hmm. and you're telling me that you're making conclusions based on having not even evaluated the most infinitesimal uh, fraction of the evidence. Mm-hmm. So you you want to now stay hardened in a position? Have you explored? Are you open to exploring further? Well, so so what what would be the 
what, what would be a strong proof for the existence of God? The nose on your face, the fly at your garbage can, everywhere you go and everywhere mm-hmm. you look, there are evidences all around that if you begin to go, well, if I'm wrong about that and I'm open to looking and exploring, uh, I'll go even further. The logic of your intentions, mm-hmm. that's not quantifiable. And, and, and just what's happening in your mind now, do we know that, that synapses are firing in that meat computer called your brain? Yeah, we, we've been able to quantify some of those kinds of things, but all the things that, that can be observed, there's still a reality that, that we can't reach the ultimate source of those things. And so if you begin to think now in that direction, what is the source of these things? You are left only with one clear track, and that's that there is a design, therefore there's a designer. There's creation that exists. How did this come into being? It's a very simple question. Mm-hmm. The, the, the logic of the atheist has to take, or now the non-atheist moved down to agnostic, bumped down a level. Where did all this come from? That's the simple question. Where well, did all this come from? So, so this has been in in sort of modern parlance. We 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 all believe that everything has to come from something, right? And like you can do this sort of the sort of cheap shot of like, oh well, what created God? Um, but like the 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 sort of better answer is that is in itself an assumption. There was a long running fight in uh, throughout the centuries of philosophy whether or not the universe was just eternally existent and things always existed. Okay. Nowadays, we say no because matter, matter can be neither created nor destroyed is one of the fundamental laws of physics. And so therefore it had to come from somewhere. Sure. But the fact of the matter is the laws of physics have changed so much of what we know in the last 200 years. It is entirely possible that 200 years from now, we will figure out how to change or destroy matter or energy. Possible. In which case, there's there's no there doesn't seem to be a reason that the universe can't have just existed eternally so, well yeah well here's the problem with that though is in and then jump in here Braden. Yeah. in order for something to be quantified scientifically it not only has to be measurable it has to mm-hmm. be repeatable mm-hmm. so this is where the atheist or the agnostic is stuck because the origin of the universe is not repeated because sure. it's already begun sure so so you're still left with faith you're still left with conclusions where you weren't there. Well, but the the conclusion is that there's no there's no necessary reason that the universe had to have a beginning. Theoretically, it could have just existed eternally, and so therefore that that's not a sufficient proof for God. Well, there's not a sufficient reason to believe that all of this has always been. So so both of us are going. Uh, I don't know because we well, weren't yeah, there. Then you're you're both just taking shots in the dark. That seems Ex- that seems well. Uh-huh. We're both living by faith. I'm just holding sure. up my Bible and say, would you like to know how it happened from somebody who was actually there who did it? Well, by a bunch of people who wrote it three thousand years ago, claim to know. Well, now we're back to the conversation of how do we know the Bible's the word of God, which sure. again we'll we'll address. So, Ernest, to your argument, I would use the argument of time. Okay. So to you know people saying the how do we not know the universe has not just eternally existed? If it had then we would be outside of time. We it, it wouldn't be possible to get to today. So if I have a pen and I hand it to you and then you hand it to Justin and then back to me, mm-hmm. we're at the point in time where I have the pen. We had to have started somewhere. Mm-hmm. Ah, but this 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 depends on your philosophy of the nature of time. Depending on how you take time, particularly if you take time as as modern physics seems to sort of increasingly trend towards as being much more of a dimension in the same way that length, width, and height are, then it's not, it's not necessary in the same way that you can't have an actual infinity that has gotten us here. You lost me. <laughs> it's a, it, let, let, let me, let mm-hmm. me offer a more simple example. Do you have a great grandfather? Yes. Have you met him? No. How do you know you have a great grandfather? 
Uh, because I exist now. Oh! <laughs> I rest my case. <laughs> but that's case not a good closed. argument. Yeah, it's, it's over. So, yeah, that's the end of this podcast. Thank you for us. Yeah, <laughs> well, I, I think it's a, I, I think it's what we're doing. It, it, and this, this is part of a conversation that every mm-hmm. generation has. And yeah. it's, it's fun to have it, actually. Because what we're ultimately doing is saying... You're rejecting, not you, Ernest, but but the atheist or agnostic the or someone. I'm playing. Yeah, someone who is trying to discern. Now, now let's let's assume for a minute that somebody was in the position I was, where I had an openness to say, "Well, if there is an argument for the existence of God, would you please let me hear it?" Mm. Now, again, we're we're answering these questions without our Bibles open. Mm. So the very thing we talked about in our last episode is just trying to take the question apart to ask. Is it a fair question? Is it fair to say since God's existence can't be empirically proven? I don't believe that's true. For reasons we said that my apparatus is broken, my apparatus is limited, and the knowledge that I can access to even interpret is infinitesimally, fractionally small. I'm, I'm actually operating off of faith. So in reality, I will never answer this question ever unless the truth of the matter is brought to me with an authoritative source mm-hmm. that I can consult. And so, but then didn't this be my now what challenge to the atheist or the agnostic? Let's just stop calling them atheists because there aren't any. Um, to the agnostic who doesn't know, who lives by faith and trusts in their own authority. See, this is the thing. Their faculties now become mm-hmm. the substance of their authority. I'm the authority. But that's necessarily true for everyone all of the time. No, I'm not the authority. Well, to the Christian worldview, it's not. Well, but but it has to be like, uh, you know, if you if you believe in Islam, that's because you think it's the most credible religion. You think it's more credible than Christianity or anything else. If you sure. believe in the scriptures, it's like, well, it's why do you believe in it? Because I think it's true. If I thought it was false, sure. I wouldn't be a Christian. Necessarily, sure. everyone always makes a judgment of what is true or false. Well, I make the judgment, but that doesn't make it more true because yeah, I decided that, to plant yeah. myself there. Yeah. Right. So, so the question is, what's the source of authority? Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, the agnostic says my experience, my, my limited uh, knowledge, my limited access to information, my limited ability to interpret the information is all the basis by which now I make decisions that there's no God. We would have to say, you can't decide that, sir. You'd have to say, you can say, I don't, I'm not thoroughly convinced mm-hmm. at which point I would say, okay, Mr. Live by faith, just like me live by faith. Why don't you take then what the Bible says about why the world is the way that it is and look at it from the lens of Scripture and see if the world doesn't make sense? See if it doesn't absolutely come crystal clear. Uh, One of the things that's happening right now, and I was just at a conference that did this, where all the assumptions about how the world began um, are being undone. They, They used to say that the world was one giant fireball. Mm. And it cooled off and the whole process. Now they're actually saying, actually, the world at the very beginning was all covered with water. (laughs) I'm like, oh, isn't that interesting? They are discovering, and here's my point, what the Bible has said already. Mm -hmm. And if you just go to the Bible and look what it says, you will have from the authoritative source of the one who is there, a firsthand eyewitness testimony of things the way that they really are. Go and look and see if that doesn't explain everything. And then tell me if you find a single contradiction. And let's come back to it there. If I could drop this microphone, I would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So yeah, for real quick for, uh, I would imagine there's, there's atheist agnostics out there that are actually seeking for truth that do yeah. want to know if there's a God. And I'll leave off on this one verse. It's in Jeremiah 29 verse 13. It says, you will seek me and find me when mm. you search for me with all your heart. So, If you are seeking the Lord, seek until you find him because the Lord promises that you will. 
Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us on this episode of the It Stands Written podcast. We will see you on the next episode. 